I'd been cooking for a long time and then I started the farm, so I think both recognizing that engaging in that ends up in some aspect of life being healthier and happier and kind of heading in the same direction. The ultimate destination is learning how to cook and prepare your food is very closely related to growing and taking care of the land around you. And that's kind of a fundamental part of life that in the modern day we're kind of detached from. That's Sean, musician, culinary scientist, and cook of much of the food he lovingly grows. He officiated my wedding, is a godparent to my girls, and teaches us all the connectivity between food production, cooking, and renewable systems, all while prototyping generative communities of the future. I'm Angelica. Stay tuned for our chat with special guest Matt Norton. This week on Chatty Crafties. Hi, Sean. Hi, Angelica. Thanks for joining us on Chatty Crafties, a show where I celebrate my creative friends to get inspired by everyday art. Um, We have Matt in the studio today to chat with us as well. Um, because y'all are best friends, and I thought that would be helpful <laughs> um, when talking about things, because you guys make music together. Matt will probably have some questions um, that he can throw at you that would be a little bit deeper than the questions I come up with on my own. But first, we're going to do weekly inspiration, um, and I'll go first. We went to an art show from my mom, Sharon Lloyd Anderson, yesterday at a Propos pop-up gallery, um, which was at Zena and Bob Cook's house, who are artists themselves. And it was so cool to see my mom have so much beautiful work up that she got to share with us and that people came to the gallery, um, but also that Zena and Bob kind of nurture and encourage and support local artists enough to put up art shows to make their art visible to the public. And so it was really special, and I was so proud of her, and we went with as our family, and Matt's parents came, and I don't know, it was just so cool to see. And I'll put a link up to um, her website and a couple of photos of her art, because I'm just, I'm really proud of her. Um, what about you guys? What's your inspiration this week? I heard a woman speaking on NPR. I don't remember her name, or I remember the book she wrote is something like The Donut Economy. And it is the idea that uh, endless growth in an economy is not a good idea and how to make things where whatever you're doing in life produces something for someone else to use instead of producing an end product that just kind of goes in the dump. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be pretty inspiring because it fit with what I'm trying to work on these days. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Matt Norton? Uh, I don't know if it's new inspiration, but I've been listening to the same music that I have listened to since college. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the Sam Precop album that is on the Chicago label Thrill Jockey. Um, and I liked the first two albums a lot. Uh, it had a bunch of singing. And things like that, which normally I don't really listen to. You know, I'm not a big fan of words and music. 
but um, his second albums, which believe it or not, I never really got into, um, have a bunch of modular synth stuff, which is what I'm interested in lately. Um, So, you know, that feeds the creative mind. Yeah. It's it's very familiar and warm. Yeah. I remember when we were going to bed, I guess, um, those were songs. Was that the seeing Cake Guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. went and saw him a long time ago. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Once a Year, 40 Ounces to Freedom, always comes back. I think that we do as well. And yeah. it's so just, you know, I want to be able to trap that energy you feel yep. when you remember listening to it back then. It was so exciting. Yeah, it was. Um, and I was thinking about that album the other day, just uh, how that one band in particular just came out of nowhere with this one style yeah. that, you know, came and then like so abruptly went. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I do remember us finishing a few parties with 40 Ounce to Freedom on <laughs> and just having probably the best moment of my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a real zeitgeist with it. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I do that too, like the once a year. It's usually on road trips. We yeah. pull out like the songs that have a lot of, um, you know, history and kind of nostalgia mm-hmm. with them. That one is strong. Yeah, big time. For, it was a nexus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you guys are best friends, like I said, and you. <laughs> do you just love that I say that? Yeah. I really yeah. adore it about <laughs> you guys. I don't know if it's you important ever... to have best friends <laughs> yeah. when you're almost 40. Yeah. Um, Seriously. And you, Sean, officiated our wedding 13 and a half years ago. Um, it's totally unrelated, but like, what is your process for making music? Because that is what I know about you guys together. Is y'all, y'all play music together. I haven't been playing a lot of music so my process now is going and I've started taking lessons again. Have you? Yeah, and it was extremely humbling because I can sit there and noodle mm-hmm. on the guitar. And after playing for 20-something years, I can say to myself, wow, my noodling has gotten super good. Mm-hmm. And then I go play a piano piece for an 8-year-old and I can barely do it because that sort of rigid fundamental routine has been lacking for that long Mm. so it seems like part of my foundation is weak and so it's good to go back and I'm enjoying learning these things that things that when I was eight I could have cared less is that how you're supposed to say it yeah yeah could could, could not have cared less about learning scales or how to read music or intervallic note reading but it's pretty interesting now, and it kind of hurts your brain a little bit, so mm-hmm. you know you're doing the right thing. And it doesn't seem like an overwhelming, lifelong objective. It's just a yeah. fun- fundamental. You learn how to do that fundamental, and then you keep keep going. So that's like that's my process now is trying to – what did I miss out on learning? Mm-hmm. Try and learn it for a couple years and then get back to and making I, new things. I brought this up earlier that when I was trying to kind of categorize – uh, the differences in how you approach, like, music and myself. Um, I totally 
like identified that there's something in you that really wants to like master an instrument. Mm. Um, and I don't, this is the way I see you. I don't know if that's, uh, the way you see yourself, but you know, I think like, um, there's some people, my brother was kind of that way too. He had this dream of like being able to just like pick up one instrument and like, just, you know, be like really skilled at it. Um, and that like the fundamentals meant something to him and like, um, definitely seemed to mean something to you. Like you have, you've devoted a lot of time just further developing your skill on guitar. Um, where I would, I would just like to feel like I could pick it up and not feel incredible nervousness or inadequacies like yeah. in a group of people in front sure. of my family or something. It probably just takes a lot of practice. So you're you're taking uh, guitar classes then? I'm taking piano lessons. You, okay, that's what I was wondering. It's it sounded loop. like. There's a oh. music oh, really? studio up there, and so different people rent it, and so one person has lessons there. And for our listeners, what is Cement Loop? Cement Loop is a... are you aware of it? My wife is an artist. Her name is Yasmin Youssef. You should look her up. And she rents a art studio there. It's kind of a mini artist complex. Okay. So there's mostly art studios and then a music studio there. And it's... I don't know the address. It's on Berkman. It's in the Windsor Park neighborhood. So in Austin. It's in Austin. It's a Mm -hmm. cool little pocket area that's kind of developing for the neighborhood and yeah that's where i'm taking my piano lessons awesome i've only had one and (laughs) i still haven't i've yet to practice because i haven't built i have nowhere i have no piano but i'm putting that together i have it the just have to redo my office and add it back oh okay it's just been business focused for the last couple years and so so why piano you know when i think about you i think about that's where it all began. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's why. And it's easier. It's a linear progression of notes. So I think learning it mm. from that perspective would be easier. And So you took piano as a kid? Yeah, I took piano as a kid for about five years. Oh. Like classic piano. And they did this thing called intervallic reading. They didn't do it when I was younger. They, you know, they say, read your notes, A, B, C, D, E, F, A, C, E, the different things. And so this guy, they kind of developed something new. I don't know when, but you learn what the intervals are on the notes first before you learn the what the notes themselves are. So if you know where you're starting, you can kind of read the music without having to go backwards and figure out what note you have to play. If it, if you know that you know it's a uh, a half step or a whole step or a fourth, you learn the intervals that the mm. notes represent, and then. I found it very easy, easy to at least begin the journey of learning, relearning how to read music. Yeah, so that's like something that clicked with you a little bit better. It clicked that it it was a better way to learn. Yeah. It didn't just, you know, I still have to practice it, but it, it seemed a lot easier to to do. Yeah, reading music is really hard for me. I felt like I read it <clears throat> note by note and having to just like remember, okay, that's a C and it's this place on the piano and yeah, that's a confusing way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think this other way is nice. Will be good. Awesome. Um, what instruments do you play? I would say I play the guitar and the piano with some competence. Mm-hmm. Um, if the synth- the synthesizer, I would play that as well. I'll sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be the best little anything else I kind of would tinker around with. I'll play the drums maybe, but. 
I don't, I wouldn't go to say that out and like to a stranger. Right. What, <laughs> um, what instruments would you like to learn? In another life, I would love to learn the trumpet or one of those instruments where you make that noise with your mouth, but I don't think that that's, it's just not, it's not an option. Yeah. Uh, but a stringed instrument would be a lot of fun. That would be, mm. uh, that would be really cool. And then just tinkering around with instruments around the world that aren't commonly mm-hmm. be nice to have an access to a kind of library like that to play around in. How would called you... a sampler. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's true. Um, how would you describe the music that you play and write? Singer songwriter electronica. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I think um, it's been a minute. Well, mm-hmm. but it's under construction. <laughs> but also, um, you know, I think a big part of Angelica's podcast is like. It's good enough, you, you know, you are a musician if you come home and give time to an instrument. And yeah. and I think um, I think for a lot of people, getting a song recorded is that, like, indication that you've been making music lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a huge part of, like, any creative activity that really, like, we don't need to take overly seriously to understand what its benefit is. Yeah. And so I think even coming home and like lying on the couch and playing your acoustic guitar for 10 to 15 minutes, whatever happens to my brain in that moment, that like other side of my brain that Mm. I switch over to, um, it's like really healthy for me. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And, that hasn't stopped for you, right? No, you're, no, no, not at all. It, um, it's just that you're not sitting down with a band lately. You're not yeah, recording. Yeah, I'm trying to absorb yeah. um, different types of music and find what, you know, I hope, I don't think it's lost, but that feeling of how you felt when you listen to music when you're younger, sometimes yeah. you get caught up in life and you don't get that feeling. I haven't had it in a while, except for listening to old stuff, but there has to be some new things out there that are that fit that bill. Sure. So trying to find it. Um, when I play the electric guitar, I feel like the nineties are coming back cause they kind of are. Yeah. And then the classical guitar is cl- that classical sound or that gypsy type of sound. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where the piano is going to go for, you know, trying to learn things that are jazz ideas and classical ideas, but it, that just started. So, just I'm not willing to spend time on stuff that I don't enjoy the sound of. So mm-hmm. he's a good teacher, and he just will play a bunch of pieces, and I'll just say no to most of them and yes to a couple, and then we start doing that. I so. think Matt hit the nail on the head that I think the reason I like sitting down with everyone isn't that they're professional artists or musicians for the most part. I mean, when we get Yasmin in here, I definitely think she's leaning the other direction towards professional so um yeah because yeah. i would say most of our guests aren't making a living right or trying to make a living doing what we're talking to them about right mm. that their creative title is usually kind of somewhere in their back pocket and it's not their forefront actually on their 
you know, card that they're handing out. So I really like to know what it does to people to like sit down and do that at home at night, you know, or like how much time you set aside during the day or like what you're thinking about when you're listening to music. So it doesn't have to be something you're like, hey, everyone, I play music all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, hey, this is a part of my life, you know, for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like collaborating? I, I love collaborating. Do I don't feel... really feel super confident without mm. collaboration. Do you feel more productive when you collaborate? I think so, yeah. Is it because there's like a deadline or someone you're feeding off of? Like, why do you think that? Um, I think it's the second thing. I think you bounce, bounce ideas. Yeah, things go back and they build upon each other. Mm-hmm. Just in all, in in all aspects of life, uh, I enjoy collaborating more because I I'll do the um, <clears throat> like mundane tasks. I enjoy doing those alone, and then. When you are creating something, doing that with someone else. It always seems to be the sum is greater than the parts or whatever that phrase is. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Yasmin a little bit, and I actually had a question about how do you and she work off of each other? Do you guys bounce ideas off one another or like encourage each other? Or are they separate processes? Because hers is a lot of visual art. I think for her thing, it's separate, but we're starting to work on some stuff together. Oh, yeah? We sit around and play music together. You do. We do. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're right. If we're going to work on a story, I have a story idea. Oh. Yeah. I would have to think, just seeing someone get out there and create something inspires me to be like, well, damn, I should go work on something you know Mm -hmm. it definitely is i've had the similar game plan i can remember when she was working super hard yeah in her corporate job that wasn't fulfilling her while she was also working on her art it Mm -hmm. took years and you build it up and then you slowly make the transition so that's kind of a game plan i'd like to have maybe Mm -hmm. in a couple years be able to do that but i also feel creative in certain in the long-term goal of some of the businesses i've started so it's not in the same type of satisfaction, but it's still a creative pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to, as one is finishing, you know, get back to music. So in the next couple of years, as the other things are kind of growing to maturity, be able to kind of transition back to other creative exploits. What do you think the creative overlap is between maybe music and writing and all those things and your business endeavors? Because you grow things. You're really good at growing things. And you're good at building businesses around growing things. And he's good at cooking. Yes. Mushroom Farm is high-fi mycology. I think it's just the generation of ideas is similar. They come from who knows where, and so if you're tapping into that resource, you apply it to whatever you're able to do, and so I think in business, it's a lot of problem solving, and in music, it's kind of problem solving, like what the problem is, what how to extract something satisfying to listen to, and in some of these business things, the, the problem is how to farm in a way that produces more fertility than you've extracted or just day-to-day solving the problems of you know things going wrong at work Mm -hmm. Uh, those are less enjoyable 
um, creative things and but just getting the you know writing little things out there being on social media I don't really enjoy but it's still something that's working out for us and it's a little so, sometimes it's fun to see people's responses to the mushrooms we grow and I'm yeah, more interested in the end product so the business now it is the mushroom farm it is hi-fi mycology but eventually there will be something that mushrooms are turning into you know, soil and worms, and that's turning into fish and plants, and that's turning into food that we eat, that's turning into our waste, that's turning into pork, that's turning into manure, that's turning into other mushrooms, that's all working together. And all these things are on a spaceship because the Earth has been destroyed. (laughs) And we... (laughs) That's actually actually true, (laughs) but... (laughs) I think that sometimes if I talk about that too much, it Here's scares it scares yeah. people, We're in a or safe it's place. a little yeah. bit uh, safe place here. Feel free to indulge. It can be stressful. The idea of getting to that point yeah. wouldn't be very fun. <laughs> and you just want to be prepared. Definitely want to be prepared and have a good life while that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Be able to kind of be working towards something because the more you do things like that that, that produce for yourself, you end up feeling a little a bit of happiness and if all those things are working together then you know maybe we don't need a lot of the things we think we need we need to be doing those sorts of activities and you can build communities around it and kind of slowly get back to something that might work better for all of us yeah re-establishing these patterns yeah it was along that donut economy book was kind of saying how you know we we try and just grow and grow and grow and make 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 and use and use and use but no one's talking about how to nature does a great job of you everything gets reused nothing there are no landfills everything is a product for something else and if we don't design our lives around that then we will not have lives to worry about yeah uh, ultimately we can see we're extracting and then just wasting and so by thinking about our businesses and how we do our day-to-day life and shaping that you know we can, a good place to start i think is farming and food production and then it can those core values and ideals can be translated into other businesses like trying to you know taking care of your the people who work with you that's there's all kinds of little things where you just want to produce good things yeah, rather than just profit. For right, some, right. And so it seems like, to summarize kind of where you're at in life, you're on your second um, venture. Uh, both of them, if I could identify what I feel like they have in common, it, they're both taking um, farming of some sort into, I guess, a version that isn't uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It, it doesn't require tons of space. Yeah, um, it's it's a little uh, technological. There's a little more. Um, I guess that's the best way I can put it. It's so, super efficient, and it it just uses old techniques mixed with new techniques to create a a way of doing a way of farming that can use less and put out more. So it was Francis and Thatcher, which is a hydroponics. That's the hydroponic lettuce farm. That's lettuce in Manor, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's still going. Yeah. It's and, at H-E-B. And, well, it's doing, it's at H-E-B and Whole Foods. Yeah. Lots of restaurants around town use it. And then Hi-Fi Mycology is the mushroom farm. 
That's going to be in some retail stores soon enough, but it's right now farmer's markets and restaurants. restaurants. Yeah. yeah. We've gone to places with you that you yeah. know, we ate, and your mushrooms are being served there, which yeah. is so cool. It's cool. Yeah. And they're both indoor facilities. They're both um, indoor. They're yeah. almost like some cross between laboratory and farm in my they, mind when i visit that's what know, i meant by kind of it. technological there's definitely a science aspect yeah. to both of them that's uh allow that gives the advantages that either hydroponics or mushroom farming has to offer and so it's that's yeah i'm on the second part of this journey the, this venture is it's doing very well it's uh, we're growing and it, right now it's kind of that place where you're just You've, we're just now hitting a, our stride, mm-hmm. and it feels good to just kind of be doing what we need to be doing. And for there was a long time, like, how do we fix this or how do we make this better? Mm-hmm. And it's going good, but we need to do better. And now it's like, like, all right, we're doing really well. Is this the second year? We're it's just oh, just our second year, um, okay. and a couple months of selling mushrooms. Okay, we were growing um. I think we sold our first mushrooms in September or October of 2017. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. see, since I'm in the construction realm during the day, I see a huge creative overlap in the fact that um, you basically had to figure out, you know, there wasn't really anything proprietary in place at the time with, um, you know, the Greens Farm. You kind of had to mix some things that were off the shelf and come up with solutions on your own. Mm -hmm. And it seems like from afar that had to happen with the mushroom farm as well, where you Mm -hmm. just kind of had to take like this thing that exists over there, but build these things. And to me, that is a, a creative outlet as well. Both businesses kind of had the same aspect and the mushroom farm has really brought it, brought it out, which is really nice because Corey Nellison's my business partner, and he is basically an amazing engineer and mushroom cultivator. And so he was really able to to design how we're going to do the, let's call it that technological part of the mushroom farming. And what I like to do is then create something that the customers, the restaurants, or someone who's cooking it is going to want to buy and use and for the reasons of them being healthy and medicinal and delicious and so that's that kind of creative out aspect of it so i'm handed yeah. this thing it's like what do we do with this and it's like oh there's all these cool things we can go do with it and it was it was i was definitely in my stride from the very beginning of this farm because i learned all i had all my pitfalls and trips for the last one mm-hmm. and so it was so much easier to hit just like, all right let's just this is a do-over, and it was a great yeah. do-over. Uh, the other one worked, but there's a lot of scarring involved, <laughs> yeah. and there's very little, if any, with this one. And that's what happens after you, you, you do these same things that you know how to do, and they get easier and better. Yeah. And I would say that you're also very good at growing things. When did you really start to develop this was it back home when you were a kid in college like i think i became good at it a couple years into the hydroponic farm and 
I did it my whole life. Like, I've always been growing things, but I'm not sure that they always stayed alive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they did really well, other times, but I was good at, I'm great at experimenting. Yes. And creating those types of experiments. And then I'm also good at letting them go into when they've come to a, a level where they can sustain themselves, training, teaching someone else how to do it and maintain it, and then I can go and experiment and create something new, mm-hmm. growing new things. You know, how do we, what's the next mushroom we're going to grow? What's the next byproduct that it's going to shoot out that we can then grow something else? You know, what kind of fish are we going to grow? What kind of animals are we going to grow? And, you know, how are we going to get to do exotic citrus in Austin or avocados or different things like this? And I I think that um, one big aspect of creativity is... Um, learning and honing your craft and out of all the people I know in my life I don't think there's anyone that appears to enjoy learning things as much as you and I think um, that same kind of uh, pleasure that creativity touches on um, like I read manuals a Mm. lot and Angelica just doesn't like it's not how my brain works. Yeah. Like can't Me fathom either. why I'd want to sit there and do that. Um, but I think it touches on that same, like, uh, you know, part of my brain that is connecting those dots of, Oh, if this can do mm-hmm. this, then I can apply it in these ways. And, and so I think there is like a relationship between, um, creativity and, and learning that kind of gives you the same, uh, I guess, cathartic benefits, you know, those healing, just feel-good moments. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons people who are in business for themselves do that and stay in business as hard as it is, is because you're you're still exercising an amount of creativity more than if you're just working for someone else Mm -hmm. in certain circumstances where you just show up and you complete your job and you, and then you go home. You know, when you are doing your own thing, you are you are kind of creating your world around you. Yeah. And that can be it doesn't always work out for people, but it work it's it's a good thing. It's why we do it, I think. One of the reasons. Yeah, for some emotional balance or well being and you know, you can eliminate factors that cause you stress mm-hmm. and you can also encourage supportive environments and nurture collaboration because you are choosing the people that you're surrounding yourself with does growing things have to do with um your love of food and eating and cooking is that kind of what drove you to i don't think it was the other way around but i don't know i definitely started learning to i've always been growing things and i started to cook i think in college um I don't know. I think they're they're obviously related, but I don't think they're intrinsically related. I think that I, mm. I just really like to... I definitely like to grow things and then cook and eat them. Yes. But it's not as common, or it's not... Um, no, it's it was... I mean, I had a lot of salad when I grew the, the lettuce. Yeah, you always um, brought that over. But I don't see them as... They weren't... It, those they weren't connected for the longest time they, huh. you know i wasn't i didn't have lettuce i could eat um for years after i started cooking 
if that makes sense. I've been cooking for a long time, and then I started the farm, so I think both recognizing that engaging in that ends up in some aspect of life being healthier and happier and kind of heading in the same direction. The ultimate destination is learning how to cook and prepare. Your food is very closely related to growing and taking care of the land around you, and that's kind of a fundamental part of life that in the modern day we're kind of detached from. We don't we aren't connected to the land that we live on and that supports and sustains us and so you know, by being connected to it through what you eat, how what you cook and what you grow is a I think it's important. Um you and Matt cook together when y'all hang out. That's usually part of the evening, like tonight, y'all coming over, we're gonna have dinner after this. Um what do you get out of cooking? What does it do for you mentally? I think it's like a meditation. Um, it's definitely an activity that I really enjoy doing if there's enough time. All of the healthiest, best, worst food is available at a moment's notice. And so for some reason, cooking it at home is great, even though all that stuff is available for me. So... It's more than just pre-prepared. Yeah, it's more than just the eating of the food. It's the process. It's the, it's just it's a, it it is it, it's its own creative process. You know, there've been a couple moments when I've had dishes. It doesn't happen all the time, but there's like a little tear, like yeah. when it tastes so good. It <laughs> happens before you realize it. It was like a moment of whoever, and so you know it's creative. It's not when I've cooked. I've not cooked anything that has brought tears to my <laughs> eyes. But I've tasted things before that do that. And so Where it's, it's like, like a, a parent, like you are experiencing something special. Yeah, that's like a master yeah. stroke. And yeah. So, yeah, cooking is like, it's, it's a ritual. It's fun. I really enjoy cooking with Yasmin when we get together. You know, Sundays we'll spend a lot of time preparing things for either the week or the month last week we made a bunch of sauerkraut and so it's just a lot of fun to make these things together and then eat them and they taste really good when you put your there's a lot of um no there's you know some people believe that if you cook with intention it that goes into the food and i believe that tastes good when you know someone put some love into the meal they made you you feel it you kind of feed on it when i'm cooking one of the things that I relate to making music is my mind is only on cooking. Yeah. And it's really tough, you know, being a business owner to escape work. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the reasons I really like to cook is I, I don't think about anything other than what I'm doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, what about you? Is it, is I think your that's mind great, kind of all over yeah, the place? No, or? I mean, it's when I'm able to cook, that's, it's definitely, that's a, probably looking back on it that's exactly what's happening just that's something you can just think about but yeah. i've definitely been able to make it a point um of separating my work from my personal life and it's taken years like almost a decade of you know going through things that i realized that it was kind of the setup that was the problem not the the problem itself mm -hmm. or someone being unhappy or something not working out it's always that if i interact with that problem at a time when i shouldn't be then 
it makes everything worse or I might get a bad night's sleep. And then mm-hmm. if that happens, then the, everything is off. And so, I, you know, I don't look at certain things. You compartmentalize it. Yeah, I don't. I just don't touch it until... Uh, That's what Unless I do. it's an emergency, which emergencies are so rare. Aren't they all? Yeah. No. <laughs> don't they all, all need immediate They do not. Action. No. no. So few of them need immediate attention. That's something that's hard to tell, to, you know, not explain, but you have to kind of go through it, I think. Um, But I'm in a different, I rarely interface with people. Um, That sounds great. (laughs) The problems that happen, that happen here is, is it, you know, is it broken? Are the mushrooms going to die now? And if the answer is no, then we fix it later. And then if it's yes, then we've, there's... It all works so easily and is well put together now that every time we had to fix it, it was just obvious that it needed to be fixed immediately because water would be spraying everywhere yeah. or it's just, you know. That's interesting that both of you can stay single-minded when cooking because I can't. I can't at all. And I think that's my downfall because I am thinking about the dishes and I'm thinking about the floor and I'm thinking about the kids and I'm thinking about what I need to do after and I start multitasking mm-hmm. and then something's burning. So I don't get so involved with each step or like the process. I can bake because I can like do it all and then I like put it in there and wait. Mm-hmm. It's just an immediate this and then this and then this. But if it's cooking and you've got to wait for the food to boil or get thicker or less wet or whatever it is i i I can't dive into that Mm -hmm. but i can with other creative processes so if i'm sewing i'm like okay what's the next step i can cut this piece of fabric and i know that i'm going to put them together and i know i need to get my interfacing and i know that i need to get this thread and so i'm involved with the process but just for some reason cooking is like a task to me yeah yeah i think that's indicative of your level of interest you know i like food you like eating i I love to eat what y'all make sure so that's i'm super interested in why Mm -hmm. you know because my brain doesn't work that way so i'm like oh you're you're but it does work that way just not towards food not towards food yeah and so it's just showing that food's not that thing for you the creation of food yeah but I know, yeah, yeah. I know I, I need to be able to do it to survive on this planet. Like, I, <laughs> I have to put food inside You're me. You're good with um, flipping yeah. items. Flip, flipping flat, round things. Yeah, I can, that's... I can do really well. Yeah. That's your gift. That's <laughs> my gift. Um, what else are you into creatively? Those are the things right now. Like, it's pretty much... Music, growing, Yeah, doing a... You ever write... You're such a big reader. Do you ever... I'm going to start having... Yasmin's going to help me write a story that's been in my... I've been... Is she a writer? It's been in my... She is a very good writer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, she's a very good... For creative... She's like like good at a lot of things. She writes creatively? Yeah. Really good at everything. She is a (laughs) good... She's shaking her head She is a good writer. (laughs) She's had a blog before. It was very well put together. Oh, yeah, Very well. uh, Um, She's a good writer. I I mean, I have a a story. um, Because you also read more than any of my friends. It's been... I do enjoy the reading. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's been less than I would have liked these last few months, but 
I do enjoy the science fiction. So you do have a desire to write? I have a desire to have the, to tell this story or to flush it out. Yeah. I don't know. Is if it I'm fiction? Gonna, it's yeah. Okay. It's a, cool. Uh, yeah. So can't wait. We'll see. That'll be fun. Are there um, cyborgs? Yeah, maybe. Awesome. Can't wait. So you have <laughs> um, a really good sense of humor. Do you think that that is uh, a creative overlay that you add to any of your? endeavors like do you think it'll show up in your writing or i have no idea if that will happen i would love for that to happen um but i don't i feel like i could write my story on a note card and that's why i'm not i don't know how to write because you have to (laughs) turn that into (laughs) you know a story where you set the scene i don't know how to really do that much stuff but i think it's good in my you know even playing music and laugh about things and in work it's a lot easier to deal with i think the sense of humor is is, you know it's you seeing everything is slightly humorous Mm -hmm. so i think that leaves us with a better work environment and maybe a little less stress when mistakes are made and things like this so what do you do to get inspired i like to go outside I walk the dog. <laughs> Who just barked? Yeah. Um, I like to read, and so and daydream, listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with having a recent shift from listening to music and then listening to people talk. It was a very it was delineated in my life. It kind of happened overnight. I still listen to lots of music, but now it's kind of half and half, and so mm-hmm. you get a lot of inspiration from hearing people explain things and. What podcasts are you listening to right now? I I don't know. I listen to like Ted Radio Hour and Radio Lab and Joe Rogan. But I also will listen to just people giving talks on the internet on YouTube. So it uh-huh. may not be a podcast. Um, things about fitness and mushrooms and just whatever is interesting. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about when you imagined? We talked about the... We've talked about both those things I'm working on. Or I do music. We'll always do it. But mm-hmm. building some cool agricultural communities and prototyping how a community of the future would grow things would be a lot of fun. What would that entail? That would be the mushrooms that turn into worms, that turn okay. into fish, that grow plants. And then that has your, you know, feeding. Everything is coming from the same area. And then, so you're not, you know, it's generative. It's not degenerating the environment. You're generating the environment. It hypothetically would spread out from itself and make more of itself rather than less, which is what we do now. How did you do in school? Poorly. Why? Because you're incredibly smart. Well, you you know, one of those things about inspiration you're talking uh-huh. about recently, like my lack of accomplishment uh-huh. early in life has been an inspiration <laughs> because I want to do something that I consider some kind of accomplishment uh-huh. in the same type of way. And so I didn't do terrible in school, but compared to how I should have done, I think I should have done a good amount better. Matt and I were talking about this earlier because, I mean, he's really smart. You're really smart, too. And the thank you yeah, the school output early on, especially, I think that it wasn't um, 
the way that you wanted to produce what you understood of what no. you were learning. Yeah, and I think I could have gotten a lot more out of school. Um, I just don't think it was made for... It's it's a generalization, and so... Yeah, exactly. should probably be 20 different school modalities and different segments of people fit into each one, and we operate... We have one. And I, yeah, I would have done better with, like, an apprenticeship. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, college education. I mean, it starts with things like star testing, you know, that our daughter is just about to come on to doing in third grade and and she better do well (laughs) well i can just tell that like the pressure is on to be able to answer questions within a short time period and like immediately that gives anxiety about showing how smart you are and that doesn't show your understanding of the world that doesn't show what you can um process and produce and generate Mm. and I don't think it's like the most accurate representation of everybody's creative understanding either. No. And that's what we build after we make the, you know, our food production. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, food and shelter, the things you have to have and water. You mm-hmm. do those first. You make those generative. And then you do the next level, which is education and like entertainment and I don't know, all those little, all those types of things. If you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? It would be Generative Farmer. Yeah, I like that. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners. And we hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. Should I have said thank you, Matt? Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. This episode's music was by Sean Henry and was hosted and produced by me, Angelica Norton, right here at Open Envelope Studio. Stop on over to chattycrafties.com for more on this episode, including links to Sean's mushroom farm, Hi-Fi Mycology. And won't you be so kind as to rate Chatty Crafties and leave a review on Apple Podcasts? Then don't be afraid to go take some basic classes of your own craft to always keep growing. Now, go make some art. I saw the sky, the sand and the ocean so blue. And grab the light to tell the desire to see. Bye.